Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive, uh, Andy. Happy Wednesday. Happy summer. It's the solstice. Solstice. It is the You can probably longest... see behind me. There's freaking sun out for the first time in what feels like eons. It's it wild that a... you haven't had sun yeah. in sunny California. We've had nothing mm. but. Uh, mm. We were. It's not like we're in some drought like you guys always get, but we haven't had like good rain in a while. It's just been hot and dry here, uh, but a lot of sun. Got the pool out. Just been uh, chilling in that and kind of taking it all in, enjoying summer. There's been. Honestly, what was it? The, the day before Father's Day. So Saturday, Saturday. But it was like usually, Father's, yeah, it's Father, it's Saturday, yeah. Father's Day weekend, though. So I can kind of just do whatever I want. Okay. Like, you know, I, I, I'm given a certain amount of leeway as far as uh, I don't have to, you know, like I'm not expected to hang the shutters I built, which are just sitting in the shed now. Yeah. Um, I got, got out of a lot of honeydew stuff, but also it was just like, oh, it was like 75 with the breeze. And basically, like, if I don't go to a restaurant with a patio and drink beers and have, like, a chicken Caesar salad right now, I might as well just jump off a bridge. Yeah, I just <laughs> feel like, like I have to do that or, like, life is not worth it. Oh, my God. It was just gorgeous. Caesar salad. You know how hard a Caesar salad, chicken Caesar salad is to come by. This is a good chicken Caesar where they shave the Parmesan oh, yeah, 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 and there's yeah. cracked, Fli- like, yeah, pepper. And, like, yeah. and, and, you need Parm yeah. flakes, yeah. They had some good uh, Erdinger. Mm-hmm. I like uh, I like some wheat beer with that. Fuck, mm-hmm. it was a good, it was a good Father's Day weekend. Uh, U.S. Open was great. Like uh, obviously, you know, uh, Team Betsperts golf. golf. Team Betsperts golf had some Wyndham Clark, so it was fun to cheer for him. I think I would have cheered for him anyway. I'm notoriously anti Rory, mm-hmm. so I've obviously like when he cheated to get out of the bunker, that was sad, but. It's nice to see what two two good weeks. And I, I wrote about this in the newsletter, and I, I've brought this up before, and I've used terrible analogies that I won't lean on today. But it feels like two weeks ago, like the Saudi uh, live and PGA thing was like the biggest bombshell in like sports. Yes, and we're never going to get over this. This is the wildest thing that's ever happened in sports, and all it took was like two weeks of golf, and like nobody's even talking about it. It's just like, oh, that happened. I forgot about that. They're yeah, gonna have some sort of congressional hearing on this. <laughs> yeah, I know. There, there's like all because everything about it now that you can read about it is boring as fuck. It's all legalese. <laughs> no memes. Yeah, no. It's like, oh my god, I don't care about tort law. I I don't want to read any of this stuff. So like everyone just doesn't care. Plus you had, you know, a seventy foot walk off eagle putt. Mm-hmm. A golfer getting tackled. Chris opened one by a, you know, a, a kind of a long shot who resurrected his career a little. Like mm-hmm. two weeks of really good golf didn't hurt either. But it's it's been weird. But obviously this is a it's a fun stretch. We're we're in a fun stretch. We got a good golf tournament this weekend again. We got the the open in a few weeks over across the pond fucking it's summer baby yeah that's great i mean congratulations to the to the spurts golf guys um the uh i watched you i watched that clip i remembered seeing it like and thinking like god i don't know 120 to one like i don't <laughs> i really just don't know if we're in a a world where a long shot has a chance in a major in the golf but sure enough uh 
I think you guys got the best price and made the earliest case that I heard. So hat tip to you. Um, yeah. How did uh, and you were sport trade apping, yeah? You were, yeah. You were, you were, again, you were uh, wheeling and dealing, right? Wheeling and like dealing. A couple, you had a couple hundred shares of Clark. I All saw. Right, so takeaways take from sport trade, and we'll keep it sport trade focused because okay. they are the ones who paid for some ad reads. So. Okay. This is a podcast brought to you by Sport Trade. If you are in New Jersey or Colorado, definitely check it out. But Minnesota, I was apparently in Minnesota, <laughs> if, you, if you can swing that sort of thing. But uh, I am kind of enamored with this. And for, you know, how did we meet, Drew? What sport uh, was it? Tennis? Tennis betting. Yeah. Tennis. So we this time obviously of year? No, tennis no. tennis is uh no, no. tennis obviously tennis betting a lot more popular in not America. Correct. And we know, you know, we don't know all these Eurasia. people. We know them, you know, we yeah. know them tangentially and you know people in the space. There's a lot of tennis people that don't call themselves tennis betters. That's they don't true. call themselves tennis handicappers or whatever, tipsters. Yeah. They call themselves tennis traders. And I mean, a lot of guys, that's kind of what they're they're doing. They're just trading matches live back and forth, getting out of positions. And it was fun. I will say, like, lessons learned from using sport trade. You really, you kind of do have to be engaged. Like it is not to, again shitting on Fezzik here, but like you do have to act. <laughs> you do have to actively manage this. It is a portfolio that is. Yeah. Kind of, I mean, a guy hits a bad tee shot, and the prices yeah. will prices will drop. Offers come off the table. Um, but I had some Wyndham Clark, which was my saving grace. Basically broke even because I made a bunch of bad trades. Which once Friday <laughs> hit, that's just like, oh, I should just add this guy, and here's a guy I could see playing well. Mm-hmm. And I added, I believe it was Siwoo Kim Friday morning to my portfolio. Okay. okay. And basically um, just watched him bleed before he even teed <laughs> off. But he, he, had an, he had an afternoon tee time. So by virtue of a couple golfers yeah. uh, who were near the lead, who were, you know, lower priced in the marketplace, doing halfway decent, his win equity went down, his price yes. went down. Yeah. So my shares of Siwoo Kim um, went down. It was interesting because I don't have like the, I think you could probably get to sign some paper with the SEC to do this, but you could short people on here. Can you, you can, you can lay, you can lay, you can lay, you can lay. Yeah. You need, I'm sure you have to like a credit check. So you're good for it. But <laughs> I, I was joking. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm helping them out. What are they going to do? Fucking margin call me. Well, but yeah, back in, yeah, back me. in the day at like Wessex, when you could bet and lay, uh, you had to have credit in your account. Yeah. You do to, have to have credit. Yeah. To, to get it's as many contracts. To as, how yeah. points bet used to operate with points okay. betting. You had okay. to have that amount in your account okay. to, in order to lose it. But okay. I was, I was thinking there, there was definitely a market for, Hey, the golf course is so off this morning yes some of the leaders are out right let's let's pose it like friday morning some leaders are out early yes i think they're gonna shoot well there's some guys in the afternoon i should just short and just, short and and let, just yeah. pick up you know just pick yeah. up like 10 percent gains on all these guys and and then buy the shares back at, at lower prices i definitely think there's a lot of and i'm probably saying stuff that's just you know no duh of people who've been involved in, in markets in europe uh, we're talking be- we're learning this is beginner oh, stuff. yeah, 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 yeah. this is this isn't like you know england okay. you know france invented democracy before we uh before we figured it out we had to we had to <laughs> sort stuff out and honestly we're not doing the greatest job with well, it sorry problem, france no problem solved um, neither here nor there but no, no okay. it's, it was it was interesting and then also too i said the time decay like if you have a golfer on you know thursday 
Mm-hmm. There's a lot of golf, a lot of golf left, guys. A lot of game to be played. A lot, a lot of, yeah, a lot of, and, lot of holes left. But once, once you get towards the weekend, if you have a guy who's ten shots off the lead, he made the cut, but he, I mean, his win probability is low. There's just no market for it. Like, yeah. you're, you're dead. No one's taking the, that. No one's taking those, those shares. No one wants hands. those shares. You yeah. can't, you can't make the price high enough for somebody to buy them, and you're essentially just looking at uh, something that's dead in the water at that point. Okay. So it, it it is it is a different game early in the tournament, obviously the late. It's, I mean, it's obviously same same as live betting, but it was it was an interesting and a, Damn. A, hopefully it catches on in more. Uh, you know, hopefully they can get licensed in a lot more of these legal states because mm-hmm. it is definitely what the U.S. market is missing is well, exchanges. Like I'd I love to be of, doing a bunch of bunch too. of quick questions for you. Um, sure. I agree. Yeah, we could probably do an entire show about trading and lessons learned and like I know this you know, is strategy like strategy and stuff because that that all that interests me a ton. Like it started, I started, yeah, it started look, as an ad read, but I, I will, this is generally interesting. No, yeah, no, yeah. I I can tell you the way that I behave on Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> this is not for me <laughs> right like i got eh, i'm better off just kind of firing something on thursday and then just checking the account on monday as opposed to really having to act actively manage uh, on the weekend well, and um, yeah agreed yeah. i think that that's what i mean what did i just say i had to go yeah, to yeah. in a caesar salad yeah i right. wasn't managing my account while I was yeah right whistle, whistle binkies on the lake <laughs> you know, so that's right i i think i would have i would have liked to if i had to do it again i would have said Mm-hmm. I can't actively manage a portfolio sure. tomorrow. I sure. need to close some positions Friday afternoon and be done with it. And sit. if I'm if I think this guy has a shot, I'm okay. gonna sit on it through the weekend and ride it out to at least Sunday if he's near the top. Anything that I mm-hmm. think is gonna depreciate or I'm, I just gotta take my lumps on. I should have sold Hideki on Friday. I should have sold yeah, yeah, Cam yeah. Smith, Siwoo, some of those guys early because then I just <sighs> took, I just took dead. Talk. You know, Talk me through. Do you do, we'll just use some hypotheticals here. If you wanted to put five hundred dollars, or say say two hundred, you want to put two hundred dollars on uh, Wyndham to win twenty k before the tournament, right at a hundred to one. Yep. Uh, if you had Basically bought two hundred dollars worth of shares, and you, you just sat on them and did not actively manage, would you have had? 20k on monday like that that like like the yeah. price the price worked out the price basically worked out so it was effectively there was no slippage relative to outright markets is what i'm asking yeah no it was it was if i would have just sat and believed in wyndham clark and not sold those shares again okay. i sold those shares at like a 15 or 20x profit yeah but, okay but, but, you, they but went, i could have ended up going 100 100 plus yeah, x profit yeah, if i had yeah. just sat on those so okay. i was having too much fun uh, managing it but yeah that's uh, okay. the the shares are based on if they win the tournament each share is worth a hundred dollars so when you okay. buy the you know when Got you it. buy those shares you're buying like uh, x amount of shares for you know a, a small amount of price if it's a long shot like that this makes perfect sense okay um and strategically if you were going to do this you would probably time guys who are in the morning wave if you're gonna go pre-flop yeah and i did say it too i think i would you know i would have i would have shot for more guys like wyndham clark where it's like hey this guy has a price 50 or above but he has the game to have uh because how many times do we see this in the you know, in the first round leader markets, when yeah. you know people are cashing their first round leader tickets on Thursday, like, hey, Aaron Rye, which is a great example because he's great yeah. on Thursday. It's like Aaron Rye cashes at 70 to one. Whereas, like, 
good. Now I'm done with it. Like, yeah. I think, I think that's how I would approach using it a okay. little more. It's like okay. taking some, some small positions on some okay. long shots because you get, you know, you get like five of those and it just takes one of those to shoot up the leaderboard and you end up with a nice little cash out. I see what you're saying. Okay. Almost, almost treating about, it like a first round leader market. How about let's go back to the Wyndham Clark example for, and I want to ask you another core question. So if you have 200, 20 X's you're sitting on 4,000 in equity going into the final round. Yeah. Can you basically utilize that equity to buy Rory and Scotty shares and just say, you know, end of the day, you know, this is rather than I mean, you'd selling have to them, sell. Rather you'd than, have, no, you'd have to you sell. Can't, okay, you can't okay. leverage it. You can't leverage it. Okay. Okay. I mean, if you, if you had cash in your account, which I did, but you're going to have, you'd have, you have to sell some of the, you have to sell some of the, uh, you have to did like actively yeah. sell Wyndham to buy Rory to buy I mean, Scotty. Okay. You can add to your portfolio, obviously. If you're sitting on those and you got a couple grand in your account, you just yeah, sure, sure. I'm gonna yeah, buy yeah, some yeah, Rory. Yeah, yeah, buy yeah some right, Scotty. Right. Hedging right. in golf is tough. I mean, this yeah. was a scenario where you probably could have if you wanted to, because it did really come down to being a, a you know a two horse race at the end. Yeah. But, man, every right. time I've tried to hedge golf, I've uh I've had a hell of a time. Honestly, mm -hmm. and the best way to trick this is as a beautiful way to hedge. Yeah, right. Because sure. if if you did get a, you know, if you're on an account and you you were able to lay or bet yeah. against and you had a big price, you know, a, let's yeah. say you had Wyndham Clark 100 to 1, you don't have to bet Rory. You can bet, you can short Wyndham Clark on Sunday for a small, whatever amount you yeah. wanted to hedge off and you win either way. So I, I think that's a nice way to use it as well. That's very, 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 very fair point. Um, going back to the golf itself and away from the the trading. Um, but thank you, by the way, for telling me all of this. This is very, very informative. I kind of if New Jersey yeah. wasn't the home yeah. of the Toxic Avenger, I'd probably move there. Remember that it'll, movie? It'll, 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 yeah, it'll, it'll rip around. This is, this isn't something. This is the, this is part a part of the sports betting landscape of the future. I'm almost sure I, in some format. Probably, really do hopefully, hope so. these guys. Uh, well, and they, not only they that, you not, well. yeah. Again, not to, not to sound like a goddamn infomercial, but <laughs> you're not. You literally like. There's no reason to limit you. No, right? No, the, they, the, it's not. The a action, that's the, that's the more, yeah, more yeah, action yeah, is. Yeah. You need action to drive a. A market yeah. like that so yeah. more people betting is better and they're just you know they're just taking their cut at the end like uh almost like paramutual so mm -hmm. like yeah the, the price is the price it doesn't matter how many golf bets you've won they don't give a shit as long as your your money's still going into yeah. the, the equity pot and people you thought the liquidity liquidity was no issue for you i didn't yeah i mean there were some mm -hmm. spots where hey this is the price yeah. but here's what's offered like i you know there was a golfer pre-tournament i tried to buy 500 of yeah and when I hit $500, $500, I tried to hit $500 and the price dropped okay. because there was only $400 worth at that price. Uh, and then someone, someone had made an offer at a slightly lower price as well. Uh, so they averaged, uh, you know, obviously it was a weighted average out. It wasn't a lot worse, but it, it made you look at it and say like, you know, am I willing to take $500 at a slightly less price or do I just want 400 at the better price? Got it. I see. I but see, I see. also, I mean, going back to <clears throat> trading in general in markets, whether it's financial, mm. crypto or whatever, a, a partial fill is the true. That's the sign. It's, yeah, it's you, the you true, got you got plus the true mark. You got a plus CV bet. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, do you know that if they're going to. 
I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of close the thought there because I, yeah, the uh, the idea of uh, the idea of super liquid big time exchanges for real life events. I mean, obviously, is expansion is fast. the expansion is fast. the goal. It's exciting. Um, yeah. The um, uh, the golf itself. A lot of people were pretty hard on the LA Country Club. What did you think? I th- I just can't get into that. Like, <laughs> I I enjoy it when the course is hard, but yeah. I'm not like mad i guess when it is yeah. like you know it's, yeah. it's fun it's like i don't know like golf is golf all the big names yeah. were there the, some of the shots were about, incredible I, I was more mad about the crowd yeah. thing where they just didn't have big crowds it felt kind of weird and then it was a total flip on sunday where they have like just a million people tromping on the fairway at the end. <laughs> but no I, I don't i don't give a shit i thought the course was fine like there were some easy holes there were some hard holes and really michael kim who we've talked about on the golf shows a little, he tweets a lot and all of a sudden he's great. <laughs> but uh, he, he kind of pointed it out. He's like, Hey guys who make good shots are scoring because they're, they're rewarded. It's almost like, uh, you know, the, compared to an average course, like a good shot is a good shot and it's rewarded at X amount. Bad shot is a bad shot and it's penalized at X amount. It was almost like you doubled those rewards and penalties. Mm-hmm. It's like bad shots were very much penalized. Yeah, except for William Clark's were... drive on 18, which was not penalized at all. Because <laughs> he ended up in the other fairway. Well, and I think he knew that's the, that's the shot. Okay. It's the butterfly. And he knows that fairway <laughs> you could land the, you know, a several 747s on. I can I can miss over here and be fine. And yeah. Yeah, that is maybe the only knock on LACC is 18 isn't a very good hole. Yeah, okay. It's tough. It's tough to always have great holes to end the tournament with. And I know there's some courses that really have nice closing stretches, like 18 socks. You know, especially coming off the the weird Canadian Open where we had the goofiest freaking hole to end end a tournament ever. And then we end up playing it four times. Yeah. In a row, you know, in a row with that par three mixed in there. So it did feel, I mean, I just, I guess going into the 18th, I really didn't see how he lost it outside of Rory just absolutely throwing a dart on his approach. Yeah. Like R- Rory needed a, a birdie. There wasn't yeah. a bogey coming, I didn't Correct. think. Correct. Because yeah. it's just like this is such a good hole for him to just make a second shot like 175 out, yeah. lag mm-hmm. putt from wherever. Once yeah, he gets like within, once was he was within 100 good. feet, yeah. it's like, well, you just gotta yeah. make this. They, there was a chance he was gonna bobble the lag putt, but he freaking stroked it, and that was that. Um, yeah, would you, you golf at all through ever? No, I mean, no. I just I don't get out much. No, so. no, no. Not because I, think, I have anything against it. I just uh, don't have time for that. <laughs> I know. It's, it does take a lot. I, really, really a time suck. I golf more now that my, my son likes golf, so we go out. We'll probably go out Friday. But, like, I thought about that. I'm like, yeah, it'd be cool to hit the ball 325. It'd be really cool to have irons that looked like Morikawa's. But I think if I could steal one thing from anybody's game, it would be lag putting like that. I'd take – I'd take 15 strokes off my game. <laughs> my putting is so bad. If I could, if I could hit every shot like that to like yeah. three feet, yeah. I mean, that's what you need. Work on your short game, people. What uh, can you remember a better recent golf shot than Scotty's Eagle on 17? Oh God. There, and that was the fun part too. There were some really good shots throughout the tournament. Really a, good. Some really good a stuff. Fun tournament. There was some really good stuff. Yeah. Um, do you? Do you agree that Rory should be favored for the Open now after that? 
I almost he didn't really do a lot wrong, man. I mean, he had some shots that were just marginally, you know, it's just him and Wyndham just on the razor's edge where it's like, oh, that's just going to kiss off the long grass and bounce back under the fairway for Wyndham. And Rory's is just, oh, it's, you know, slightly better shot. And he's, he's probably not burning the edge on that putt. So like I didn't grab it and I do regret it because I was just going to fucking hammer fuck this. But Rory got up to like 14 and 15 to one today or yesterday Mm -hmm. for a while. And I'm like, God damn it. Like he shouldn't, he shouldn't be that far off of, you know, Rom and Cantlay and uh, Scotty's prices. He's a very good golfer who continually puts himself pretty damn close. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be looking at uh, the weather and how we work it out, but man, I might be in on Rory if his price continues to be a little too long for, I mean, basically anywhere but Augusta, I might bet him at the right price. Okay. Interesting. Um, the uh yeah and the, the open's different though too that's it's a links course <laughs> i don't know if you know that <laughs> i mean he is very well suited for that just fucking he's got such such a good driver and just hammer one out there play you know play off these burnt out goddamn yellow oh, fairways it's and, so hot it's been such a such a hot spring in uh the uk i don't know if you've caught this but really hot and really dry like wimbledon's going to be the fastest conditions i think we've ever seen uh which is gonna be insane the the baselines are gonna be shot by like round two yeah yeah the center court i mean they just gonna have to go easy on it um we'll see uh the um but yeah, it's a, uh, it's, that was, it was in it. I, you know, I enjoyed the tournament. Uh, I regretted not going to the practice rounds. I had time on Tuesday. Well, I could have definitely what's, gone. What's and traffic like around. to get there? That's what all it's I can think about. Oh, it's not good. It's really, really, really bad. I was um, like, man, I would take like a bike. Yeah. Well, that actually, that was my plan. Actually, I have an e-bike now and I was going to put it in the car and park what's down La Cienega. It's like a vape electric bike yeah a bike with, oh. with a battery on it so you can get up and down the hills of la without really sweating yeah oh, nice for, awesome. it's for commu- it's for commuting yeah um but the um uh the uh the parking situation and the um the traffic was pretty bad and, there were and also because letting, in, letting in 200 people a day ucla was having graduation <laughs> too uh, so it was like it was especially gnarly around there which i'm yeah. sure impacted things. producer dan will be making it out to the <clears> course <throat> tomorrow which god willing in the creek don't rise the rain isn't horrible the, he's going to la country club cool no 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 oh. no cromwell travelers oh oh, oh, oh travelers, We're, uh, travelers see, which is ironic yeah. that they're yeah. uh the logo for the tournament and the sponsors an umbrella because it's going to rain in Cromwell for like the <laughs> next 19 days. That's what Dan pointed that out to me too. He's like, Hey, even if they push this to Monday, it's going to rain Monday. Like the, the weather report for next week, it's like rain Monday through Friday. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully it just scattered and we get it. Yeah. And I hate, I hate hearing the horn, especially my wife's going on a girl's trip. Um, this weekend with some friends mm. the kids have the pool it's Ooh. gonna be warm out they can just stay away and i just want to sit and watch golf like all day saturday and i'm gonna be pissed if i sit down it's gonna be a baseball and weekend andy the thing is, yeah, it's just like, uh, we're currently in a weather delay here's some footage yeah. of the 1992 Ryder cup <laughs> fuck i would actually watch the shit out of that 
91? <laughs> Which one was Kawhi? I don't know. That's great, though. Um, that was all right. 91, yeah. All right. Uh, let's uh, keep keep things going a little bit here. Um, most of my focus this week in the betting world has been not on grass tennis, not on uh, although I saw teams? some people I saw some people asking questions specifically about Seb Corda. I hit Seb Corda outright to, or not money. I had money line to beat uh, Tiafo today. Um, it was he looked good. He looked very good. And I think I think he's got a little bit of a natural game for grass. Um, and I'm not saying he's like a bet for Wimbledon, but he's going to be a spoiler for sure. Um, some of the uh, and actually, and, well, and like, Matthew was yeah. pointing out like maybe to win a quarter with yeah, the right I think, draw. I think that's yeah, I think that's entirely plausible. Right um, some of the guys who have the experience and the you know like you know, that there's a it's such a quick turnaround on grass season. I think just the only advice I can really give you is don't be fooled by um, you know like some of the grass specialists who are doing especially well in you know last week this week next week um those guys for whatever reason flame out at wimbledon every year uh i don't know why um god damn it dan don't come in tomorrow (laughs) did you mean seb to win his corda um Uh, yeah his quarter um Um, no but i my turn to ask you questions yeah go for it um i was and I mentioned this, I was out picking an old episode to throw up on the feed to give you guys a little extra content while we're waiting for football. And somebody did ask that question as well. And we'll, I'll just, uh, Charles asked, when is the first team preview? We don't know which teams yet, but it will be the week after, you know, the, the 4th of July week there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think actually we got to do some kickoff before that. All right. We got to do like a schedule episode and we got to do like a summer. Well, summer. next week is the week. That's the week we got to do it, I guess then. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do two next maybe, week. Yeah. Let's do two episodes. Let's do a Monday right, night episode it. too. All right. This is All the right, end we'll, of, this is the end of the summer podcast cycle. We will, we'll, we'll transition. We'll, we'll ramp NFL up. We'll ramp up to, yeah. We'll ramp up next week tomorrow. Dan, you're um, Monday night. I, I actually, I'm working on a guest who's good tennis nfl crossover that would be a fun one for wednesday to kind of put a bow on the summer oh, please uh, Johnny Mac. i'll surprise you it'll be a surprise we'll see if it doesn't work out then we'll forget i ever no, said this not. um okay the um the is this boss good on grass since is not good on tennis right now yeah he's in he's he's in love man who cares about tennis he's he's in love um all right uh the um the uh Focus this week has been entirely NBA draft for me, betting wise. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna transition to baseball. Let's do, yeah. let's do ten minutes on that. I, we'll get to the draft. Sure, sure. Because that's where I was leading before I got sidetracked by my own brain. Answer sure. Charles' Saul question. Uh, we posted an old episode last week to just kind of help fill up the feed and give you guys right. something to listen to during the right. dog days. And right. It was a really good episode. Uh, Drew mentioned this, and it's funny too because I was going through the old episodes and listening to the beginnings and kind of making sure it was a good audio quality one because I caught some shit for posting one from like five years ago where it wasn't. <laughs> so I, I listened, right. and yeah. I ended up That's listening to like the first 45 minutes of this one. Uh, the one with Frank Brank, where we talk oh, baseball yeah. modeling, baseball advanced metrics, things of that nature, crab rangoons. And yep. you you brought it up. You're like, man, I listened to a bunch of that. And I said, I did too. It was really good. It was. You ended up putting together a quick uh, strikeouts model. 
And I was going to ask you kind of, you know, what, uh, what does that entail? What did you, would you end up leaning on there for not only your data, but how did you end up yeah. putting it together? Um, so the, um, yeah, the, the episode was with Frank was inspirational. I was, you know, like they, there were like 10 things along the way that I was like, oh yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh yeah. I should look into that. I should look at that. And at one point he brought up something about like how, um with plus was predictive for strikeouts and i made a joke something along the lines of we'll delete that from the pod and when i said that a joke when we were interviewing him i was thinking literally like okay when i get bored this summer i'm gonna like figure that out <laughs> and like <laughs> 2021 two years later re-listening to it i was like oh okay i should actually try to figure that out because i am bored right now um yeah and um so I was like trying to get to the bottom of that and like where to even find that data and like digging around and and um there was like one site that like that has like proprietary analytics that has XKs for pitchers, but it mm -hmm. takes it takes a lot of data before they apparently feel like it's stable enough to publish it. And then they have it locked in this uh in this website format that is like just an absolute pain in the ass to scrape. Like just a just it makes you want to quit <laughs> right yeah when and, you're like 30 yeah. minutes into it you're like yeah it's like oh god and so i was like all right i was like i want to get this data out to at least test it and see if it's if this is theory holds right like is you know is is it you know what what they're producing with xk you know which is a predictive strikeout rate based on the data you have from a player which is pre presumably more forward predictive than what you can get just by taking mashing together a pitcher's strikeout rate with with a team's strikeout rate which is what how most of the openers as far as i can tell you that's kind of where they're anchored yeah. right so far this season, Spencer Strider striking out 32% of the batters he's facing going up against the White Sox who strike out 28% of the time. They think Spencer's going to face 26 batters and his prop is nine and a half or whatever, right? Like that's kind of the, the mash mash openers, right? Oh, and I was curious too is if you looked at some of those props too where – you know, and I know these are probably even lower limits than K props, but they have props for how many outs uh, a starting pitcher would get. Yeah, I was right. curious how close those were to some of your projections. Oh, I haven't even looked at that. I, I, I'd uh, love to. I'd love to hear about that. If I you have. Go back I, and look yeah, at your sure. No, yeah, I can tell you what I've learned so to far. Those pricings. I can tell you what I've learned so far. So first of all. Um, I was like, I was angry that I couldn't scrape that XK data. So that's, that's how every model starts. Eventually, I got. I was like, fine, forget it. I'm writing a script. I, I'd like, I, I really didn't want to do the work I was supposed to be doing. Um, that's how you know. That's how we ended up here. Um, and so yeah, I got frustrated, banged my head against the wall. Figure, eventually, just take the whole HTML and use the you know the tool where you're just identifying brackets and just pulling what's in between the you know the two the two greater than you know greater than less than that are back to backs. And so basically just formatted a way to take the HTML and dump it and, and, and then rewrite it as a table, got the XK out, but it was only for like 60 or so pictures. Right. So I was like, okay, well I have this XK now. Uh, we'll multiply that times, you know, how, you know, however many outs a you know, guy's going to get, how do I get that? And I was like, go to baseball reference. And now I'm you know, cross-referencing pitchers' names in the two different formats. And what's funny is baseball reference is very, very, very um, uh, faithful to uh, the uh, um, 
the hyphenated or not the you know the 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 vowels with the uh, accents. Oh, like tittles. The tittles, yes. The, yeah, the, things. The, 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 yeah, I, I struggle with that with some of the scraping yeah. with uh, golf. Obviously, like oh, yeah. uh, some of the Asian players <laughs> yeah. with the hyphens. Some yeah. sites have it, some don't. Uh, Sebastian Munoz. With yeah, the, uh, with Tilda. Yeah, uh, yeah. So basically, all that stuff is there. Baseball Reference, very, very faithful. No one else's, <laughs> and so you almost always there's always like a, a, a bug doesn't match, doesn't match, doesn't match. So you basically anything you get off the baseball reference site, the first thing you have to do is rewrite all of the vowels, yeah. <laughs> which is like all right, fine. Um, so you write a script for that, and then you start mashing numbers together, and you're like, okay, well, uh, you know, so far through ten starts, this guy's he's averaging six innings, uh, you know, six innings a uh, a start. Uh, so, and this is how stupid I was when I first freaking punched this all together. I went, okay, so six innings to start. That's 18 outs. Uh, K rate is 20%. So we should expect like four Ks or whatever, whatever the math works out to. And, uh, and so I did that and I did that for all the pitchers I had available on a given day and looked at all the lines and I was like, oh, wow. Okay, cool. I got four edges. They're all unders. Okay, cool. Play the unders went one and three, <laughs> and I was like, oh, "Well, maybe there's nothing here." And um, and so then I kind of thought a little harder. I'm like, well, "Let's go check and see like if there was any busts here." And I'm like, "Why did I predict this guy to have 18? You know, g- you know, why was I going against 18? But then he faced like 26 batters. Like, that's a big difference." And then I'm like, "Oh wait, like of course, like it's not innings pitched and number of outs times the K rate. It's literally the, ba- the outcome of the batter you face. And so I was like, oh Christ! So I was like, yes, obviously that's uh, <laughs> that that is what matters. So, you, so you're saying not every yeah. pitcher that you bet on had a perfect game or no hitter going when they pulled them no no but but even that give up some hits and walks yes yes, exactly 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 this this is checking out so far yeah even that said the four unders that i played i got hooked on two of them and one of them i missed by one so i was was like i was kind of that's hard yeah i was like yeah so i was like wow i way you know missed the projection here but still it was kind of directionally correct and so then I was like, okay, let's 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 sharpen this up. Let's figure it out a little more. And so then I got deep into the woods of kind of crunching through game log stuff on uh, batters faced. That believe it or not, batters faced is weirdly stable. Like it's the, like the organizations and the way that they're treating their pitchers. Like it has they make the decisions about when you're pulling a guy has way less to do with number of pitches, way less to do with game state than it does with how many batters a guy has faced. Like there are lots of examples of a guy just getting, he didn't have the stuff that day. He's getting creamed, but the manager's like, he's got to get to 25. Yeah. We need, we need, we need like five <laughs> more hits. Yeah. He's like, yeah, exactly. He's like, it's like, I'm, I'm willing to let this get out of control because I literally need him to face five more batters. <laughs> like I just, it doesn't, this is, this is not good enough yet. Um, analytics folks. That's yeah, that's right. Um, ooh, I got another winner today. I had burrito, 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 Beto, whatever. Yankees pitcher. I had him under, and he only got to three. He faced it's twenty a, batters. Burrata. Okay, sure. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a dry <laughs> drainage ditch. Oh, Barranca? Barranca. <laughs> Barranca. Um, like the uh, like that. Uh, they said that a lot. Barranca. Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, there's a, it's a, uh, it's a ditch, guys. There's a Rihanna song where she says Barenka like 10 times. It's pretty outstanding. And that was all I could sing every time I kept hearing them bring up Barenka's. Um, she's talking about the gun, of course. Um, anyway, uh, the, um, the, so the key inputs are X case. You need some projection for that. And, uh, and batter's faced for any given pitcher. You mash those together and you get an expected, uh, you know, expected strikeout for that guy that, and that start. How you go about getting those data, you can go a lot of different ways. Scraping it the XK way. And actually, like, what I found as I kind of continued to dig and continue to test stuff, like, there's nothing magic about this one site with the XKs at all. It's literally, like, effectively swinging strike rate times two. <laughs> like, that might as well be. Right. Like it's, sure. it is some sort of, you know, algorithm that they take the data that they've got and they punch, you know, they spit out the, you know, the whiff plus and the, you know, blah, 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 blah. But effectively, the XK rate is just swinging straight. You know, you know what the beautiful down. part about yeah. a, uh, you know, proprietary algorithm for a stat that nobody else has? <laughs> yeah. It can it's be anything. Like, <laughs> you can, you can, yeah, it can be anything. Yeah. Hey, yeah. why did you pick this coefficient? Uh, because it, it spit out numbers that were pretty close to the market yeah, and yeah. that and now people yeah. pay me for this data. Yeah. And if you want to know why I know that that's basically what it is and why I went to the trouble of figuring out how they calculate that, it was specifically because they only give you one value for the full season based on, you know, a big data set that only covers like 60 of the starting pitchers, which is not really enough to really kind of get enough volume to make any, to really be able to tell if there's any signal there. Right. So I was like, I gotta get, I gotta get more pictures. I gotta get, you know, got a more bigger sample size here. Like this is just not enough. And I also wanted to test some heat index thoughts, right? Like pretty obviously uh, to anyone who's watching games or betting K props, probably like there's definitely, you know, guys go through a cycle throughout the season of their stuff is peaking, their stuff is waning, right? And when your stuff is peaking, your strikeouts, you know, your 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 the 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 projected K is a lagger, right? And so if you can kind of capture heat in terms of guys' performance and and, and uh, particularly swinging strike rate. just sounds like then fatigue. It all sounds like fatigue factor it, to me. Basically. It's basically, it's pretty dead. <laughs> I know, but, but I mean, it, it, che it checks out, you know, again, if you, oh, of course. A, little, guys, a little ahead or a little yeah, behind Yeah, guy goes through two, three starts, doesn't have control. He's not getting the calls at the plate. Like, like guy goes through two, three starts. His he's got control now. He's more comfortable upping his velocity. You know, guy's tired. His velocity drops. Right, like all that stuff. You can. And I wonder to, too. And then yeah, you, yeah, my, you can my get granular if you want. Be, be like, and it wouldn't be everybody. You couldn't use young pitchers or people without this proper sample size. But if there are there, you know, looking at the last few seasons, are there patterns for certain pitchers? You know. Who, tail off later in the year after 150 innings or something like that if you could get ahead on that as, as well absolutely and so what i what i really wanted to do not just take someone else's proprietary xk but come up with my own that was time decayed appropriately that was basically the entire solving of the problem in my mind because pretty clearly swinging strike rate is much more predictive of k's than your actual performance to date, right? And so uh, right there, you've already solved a bunch of the problem, but I wanted a little bit more granular so I didn't get into trouble where like <clears throat> you take, what's his name? Sandy Alcantara, the Marlins pitcher. Sure. 
this is a this is a good little sidebar. <clears throat> so any kind of swing straight rate and forward projection stat is going to tell you he should be striking out seven or eight guys a day, right? So every model is going to basically be like, you know, big number should be a big number. And two starts in a row, his number was like five and a half, opened even and got aggressively bet to the under. This <laughs> is like. Why would that be? Are we expecting him to face fewer batters? <laughs> or is something happening? Right. And like, happen? guess what? It's not a secret out there among people who bet and watch baseball. He's struggling. Alcantara sucks right now. Like he's getting he is getting hit hard and he is struggling with his control. He is walking more than he used to walk. And he just doesn't look anywhere close to the same form he had last year. And so it's pretty obvious reason that people would kind of go after his strikeout under because they just don't think he's going to make it as deep into a game, not going to face as many batters potentially, that sort of stuff. Um, but uh, I, and so I kind of manually just voided playing his over today, even though I predicted seven Ks and it was five and a half as his prop. And uh, he ended up pitching a full seven innings, <laughs> gave up 10 hits, and he faced uh, probably 30 batters. Yeah, I, I think it was something like that. Um, 31 he faced 31 batters 31 one of the batters. one, one of the highest <clears throat> one of the highest of the entire uh you know mlb season particularly for a guy who gave up 10 hits and five runs and you know two two walks so yeah Pat, mean, patrick yeah. here and again if you're in podcast form you can sure. see this i put up on the screen but yeah patrick already beat me to my next which maybe he didn't beat me i was i had it in my brain but you mm-hmm. wrote it before i said it so we'll yeah. give patrick credit but umpire k data that uh, when you said getting a little more granular, that that hit me as well. Because I know a few guys who, you know, they, not K-props sure. per se, but totals sure, um, for sure. Betting, using umpires, uh, you know, whatever yeah. data they can get on that. I don't yeah. know. Have you looked at that at all? How would, okay. you, how would you go about so, using that? Keep in mind what I'm doing, right? Mm-hmm. What's my primary input? XK. Swinging strike rate. Oh yeah, the, the whiff right there. You know, you know uh, that the every umpire... si- how many umpires will call swinging strike? <laughs> well, I, so, I, so here's the only, know, here's the only thing. Here's the, here's the thing. Bit. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I will one hundred percent acknowledge if you are a pitcher that has a lot of good stuff and an umpire is squeezing you, it will affect your swinging strike rate because you're gonna have to go. You're gonna have to throw it into the zone. I'm just like I'm getting squeezed. I, I gotta, I well, gotta and, hit the zone. And a, a, yeah. a larger zone, sure. batters are going to have to adjust and swing <laughs> to protect more. Sure. To you know, hey, he's calling everything high. I'm gonna have to swing it a lot more of these high strikes. Sure. Sure. Balls, honestly. So, exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. It does. It yeah. does affect. It, it, it has. It has like around the margin stuff though. Um, and I haven't found anything to be strongly predictive at all there. Um, but I di- I have been tracking two kind of side parameters there besides just projecting a strike a strikeout rate um and again kind of going in to get my xk i'm going like a weighted sample of recency this season and then sort of long-term stable values based on sort of you know just in general how good are you how good have you been this season and then how good are you right now like those are i'm doing a, a weighted blend there um and uh and what I'm, I, I don't see any obvious things with the umpires. Doesn't mean it's there. I think just in general, like umpires, some umpires have a big zone, some don't. I, I have a general idea who that of who that is, uh, and I have looked a couple of times when I've been a little bit close, right? Like I'm close to an edge that I think is bettable. Sure. 
And I'll look at the umpire and I've been like, well, okay, I got an under. This guy has a huge zone. Let's pass. Sure. I got an over. This guy. No, is, I, and I, is, I like it. So, sometimes that's, Let's pass. Sometimes yeah. that's the answer. And we, yeah. we went over this. We were talking about being directionally correct. Sometimes it isn't, hey, how do I take this? Sure. This qualitative layer that gets you, know, you on or off. Yeah. Quantify it at the yeah. deepest level and build it into my algorithm. No, sometimes it's a nudge at the end yeah. where it's like, hey, I'm, yeah. I'm damn close. Who's the ump? Yep. Yep. Um, I also found that I didn't mention this, but uh, I, I there's not enough variability in team overall strikeout rate other than a couple of them to really that that should be a leading parameter. So I'm upweighting pitcher stuff much more than I am team swinging strikes. Sure. Um, and uh, the and then the final kind of piece of the puzzle is. There are a couple of guys who are not everyday players in the MLV who are just walking strikeouts. Like three, you know, like... Like the three. Colorado Rockies. <laughs> exactly. Like the uh, Colorado uh, Rockies. Just, There's a yeah, couple of guys Dan, like Dan, that just fill who this are in not everyday put, players. Put, word, put words like... <clears throat> A name of a player from the Colorado Rockies. <laughs> yeah. There's there's Actually, a couple the twins strike out a lot. There's a there's a couple of teams like the the couple of teams that strike out a lot, surely. And if you're capturing that appropriately, that's not hard. Um, but that's known. Um, and then there are a couple of guys who are walking strikeouts. And if I don't have a lineup yet, and if I'm a close call, I'll wait and just like I have a list of 20, you know, rotational guys, and it's just like, is this guy? This guy playing. I have I set up a little flag that says don't forget to look to see if that guy's in the lineup because he might be. Um and if he is, and that 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 if that could push me over or it could keep me off of an under, right? Um so I don't think the other I don't think the opposite exists. I don't know of any guys who are rotational players who are like you know, strikeout avoidance savants, right? Like I definitely haven't found them if they are. If they are, and you, you know, you want you think I can add a layer, let me know. Um so yeah, it's been fun. And uh, what I found out actually from you know pretty quickly um, was it is an arm. It is a land grab. The K prop space is a land grab. It's aggressive and like it, the uh, Tom Cruise <laughs> film Far like Away. The far, like the film Far and Away, absolutely. Yes. Um, the minute they go up, the numbers start getting hit. People are not waiting for lineups. People are using XK and whatever form they got it. How how um, much earlier <laughs> are these coming out than lineups in general? Uh, also, seven in the morning, my time. So 10 in the morning, your time. First up? Uh, I haven't really been keeping track of who's first up because I'm really only firing in one place. Sure. Um, but, uh, but I can tell you that I'm fighting for the same space with someone who's doing it the same way. <laughs> and I know it to be 100% sure. Like I can tell when I was not first there because every side I want has been steamed 15 cents and it takes one click from a relatively clean account to move a prop 15 cents. Um, and it's not a big click either. It's not a big click either worth, by the way, uh, very, very low limits. And I get why this is, you know, this is either a passion project or if you do take this very seriously and you develop, you know, and boss shit in the prop market, you got to have a friend with 150 accounts and you got to churn through 20 or 25 of them a year. <laughs> That's the only way to do it. I think at scale. Um, well, you make it sound fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're gonna, I mean, if you're going to give me the hard sell. <laughs> um, so, or, the, yeah. The, yeah, one other, one other generally general thought. Um, 
The other kind of piece of the puzzle that I didn't realize and it took me a little while to figure out is how much is a strikeout worth around the median? One out. <laughs> how much? How many cents is it worth, Andy? <laughs> oh, like, as like, far as uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if uh, yeah, if you yeah, if five, you have five and a half minus one ten and six plus whatever, yeah. What what would you guess? No idea. Thirty cents for what? For a half, half or a f- half? You're low. You're low. Low forty five. Forty five exactly. Okay. Yeah, a one strikeout is worth ninety cents around the median. Sure. And that the you know at the extremes it's a little. There's obviously you know edge cases, um, but pretty much um, going a full ninety cents is like adding 15 16 percent probability to uh, a given prop um and so you know kind of coming up with the median and then checking it against uh you know the market um you know minus one minus 190 uh is the same as you know subtracting an entire strikeout from that same that same value sure um so that was important uh, and, uh, to the point where I'm, you know, able to exercise this for, you know, a couple of units over the course of the summer. Um, you know, I'm hopeful. What did you, what did you do on your summer vacation? Uh, Matthew yeah. has a question. It's fun. <laughs> and it's funny because I had a little analogy to this in my head that I didn't say to anyone or tweet out, but mm-hmm. I like Justin Thomas as a golfer and he is just dog shit right now. Like he, he's not playing good golf. And I'm like, God, I should just go back and watch the full swing episode where he wins like to make me feel better about this guy. I still can't bet him this week or until I see it. But uh, Matthew here asks, have either of you watched any of the new Breakpoint episodes, which is the Drive to Survive for Tennis uh, that Netflix dropped today? Can something like that meaningfully impact public perception and betting heading into Wimbledon? Remember that movie, Wimbledon? That was pretty bad. <laughs> it was um, and this Dunst. is gonna spin Kirsten into Dunst. oh yeah um, that's who I, I love she's great in jumanji but uh um, you just blew right by the way uh i thought jt uh, shot 81 in honor of kobe no oh God, that was not part of the plan no he oh. was very bad um mm. but and then second question that i'm gonna spin off matthew's question have you seen the preview for the zendaya film where she plays a oh, tennis yeah, yeah. player oh, yeah, who yeah, apparently yeah. just based on a true story probably I have no idea. It looked good, though. I kind of want to see. I'd watch anything with her in it. She's great. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's about the love triangle between Stan Wawrinka, uh, Tanasi Kokonakis, and Donna Vekic, probably. That's my guess. Maybe. <laughs> Vekic didn't wreck her knee, but... Uh... Vekic was great today, by the way. She yeah. she beat Robot Kina. <laughs> Let's go to the... Um, I, I don't think so. I don't, um, I don't think so. Um, I think, uh, the fact that it is a year old now, like this is stuff that took place at the latter half of 2022, um, the events that happened there have been fully digested and are kind of a little, not really relevant to what's happening now on tour with the exception of robot Kena breakout. You know, I don't know if they're even going to feature any, you know, focus on any of that. First of all, I watched, I watched the first part of the 2022 recap on breakpoint and it was awesome 
Awesome. I'm still working through last dance. I'll get to the point next. I loved, I loved every minute of it. It was incredible. It was heartbreaking when you got to the aunt's part of the story because she's literally obviously just wants to win a slam and then retire and have kids. And she's a very lovely person. And you know that what happens right after they feature her winning Madrid is that she goes and she blows their best chance of her life, maybe her only chance of her life of actually winning a slam where she was the best yeah. player. And so it was a really, really, really tough watch. Um, but it was still, it was, it was, you know, knowing everything that happened and having bed into all that stuff, it was awesome. Loved Breakpoint. Loved, loved, loved it. Um, I don't think that there is a realistic outcome from seeing behind the scenes from these players that is going to change people's opinions in the betting space. Even as much as the likes of Casper Rude, who was so underwhelming in the tunnel before he played Rafa Nadal, like it definitely didn't change my opinion of how he was going to fare against Djokovic. And in fact, if you did make an opinion based on how you know his constitution in last year's final was i think you probably would have been wrong because he was a little bit he was a lot cooler this time around um does that make sense yeah yeah you know we are going to get to this several people are asking about the nba draft there's been some action in the markets today flag's not fully planted but i think everybody we know is kind of on at least on one one look where we've uh yeah, uh, one of the uh, the buyback uh, continues here. Yeah, hopefully, we can figure out which twin is which. But no, the kind of want to talk about some of the the movement in the market yeah. over the last couple of days. Let's talk about the top first, just because it's interesting, and that is, of course, the uh, picks two the, and three. Yeah, well, yeah, the the Scoot Miller stuff with the big movement. Yeah. A lot of it was, I guess, just I mean, that's news. News moves. We saw it last year with the one that was wrong. Uh, I. I think this is probably right. Yeah. But uh, there's a, a lot funnier if it wasn't again. Well, yeah, the, the key factors really were uh, credibility of these sources, yeah. right? Um, not just like specifically Woj, but the wishy-washiness of Miller being the pick in the first place. Yeah. Right? Like, and then backtracking. And the and now backtracking the on the backtracking. Workouts. Right. Like the, yeah, the, the, the multiple cycles now of, of flip flopping um, could either be perceived as the reporter is incredible and doesn't have anything and they're just out there doing what they're doing because they have to do a hit on Sports Center. Or it's a, a reflection of the reality, which is that Charlotte is in a very bizarre place in terms of transition right now. There's been a bunch of misreporting on this. So let me just kind of lay it out flat, which is Michael Jordan is the was the majority owner or he still is technically until july 1st the majority owner of the charlotte hornets he is selling to um a group that is going to become the new majority owner on july 1st but not leaving the organization he will still be a large shareholder minority owner at that time uh mitch kupchak who was jordan's hire as the general manager is presumably a lame duck at that point but there's no obvious likelihood that he is going to be given his walking papers this summer he'll probably see them through this season um and so i don't get the sense that the flip-flopping is just a matter of no one's in charge no one knows who's making the pick there's uncertainty there the flip-flopping as far as i can tell you is entirely the hornets are invested in Lamar, uh, not Lamar, uh, in um, uh, Lamelo Ball. Lamelo. They 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 are cognizant of his feelings and not stepping on his toes to where he leaves the franchise and they get nothing, 
and his feelings through his dad, his agent, his team, whoever, was Brandon Miller. Forget Scoot Henderson. I don't want to share reps. That's my job. And Brandon Miller, wing, good, shooter, fine. Talent gap between the two, not that great. So give me Brandon Miller. And for whatever it's worth, Michael Jordan, because either he's like, I don't really care because I've got to go golfing tonight or... He's literally watching the tape and is like, yeah, okay, Brandon Miller looks like an elite player, all-star, fine with me. And they had bring him in for his first visit on the heels of Brandon Miller having mono. And Brandon Miller, in his workout, sucked. If you ever had because, mono? <laughs> because he was weeks out of recovering from mono, right? You had it? No. <laughs> I, don't oh, kiss, I don't kiss sick women. What are you talking about? I do, I guess. <laughs> I had it. I had a freshman year in college. I remember just like, like I, I, I'm pretty sure I saw the light. Like this is it. I'm done. Before I went in and got some uh, fluids put in me. But boy, you are, your ass is whooped for like two weeks. Like you, you feel like you, you haven't slept forever. It's rough. So yeah, like going to work out for an NBA team, man. I couldn't even get up off the futon. Not I can't good. imagine what that was like. Not good. Um, so his workout sucked. Uh, and then in direct contrast, they bring in Scoot, and Scoot freaking killed it. He killed it because he's doing two days and he is a dynamic athlete. And in gym shorts and get up against lesser players, he's gonna make them look like fools. Um, so it was pretty obviously like uh, oh, maybe we made a mistake here. Pretty clearly, people in the organization, minority owners, GM opinion was Scoot is the better player. Uh, and you know, to the degree that I don't even know if Jordan was at the first workout, he was like, all right, bring him back in for second workouts. We gotta, you know, if we're going to actually do this, we need a, uh, you, we need another look. And on the second workout, Brandon Miller was more prepared. He was more, uh, you know, more well recovered and he looked good, looked good enough to where they're like, okay, back to plan a. Right. So that was the flip flop that entirely understandable, entirely explainable. And I think, uh, you know, the fact that. It was reported by, you know, sources who were extremely wrong last year, kept the market a little bit, uh, you know, hesitant to really yeah. fire, fire, fire on I, uh, Brandon I, Miller. I, I want your opinion on the no. flip-flop. If if everything we've heard is 100% true, I think I'm, I feel like people in the media or even just opinions you see on Twitter or around the space get mad when, like, teams, and not just the NBA, and the NFL as well, when teams like, how do, this is a billion-dollar industry. How do they not know who they're going to take a week out from the draft or whatever? It's like... Oh, the cycle is so fast. It's, it's so compressed. It's a really important decision, and, like, you, you don't want to screw it up, and you're constantly taking in more info. You're hearing what other teams are doing. You're, you you have... Mul- First off, it's usually multiple people making the decision. Like, I'm, I'm fine with them flip-flopping based on everything we heard it sounds like it just makes sense yeah and i like the idea that the market went went back and forth i think is actually a reflection of sort of the um the actual temperature in the room i don't think it was literally just bad info or market manipulation or inside info or any of that i think it was literally like yeah maybe yeah that they they haven't seen miller a second time they are actually going down the road of scoot okay they brought him in for a second time on monday because the you know the whole process is so compressed because they got to get to summer league by the end of 
I don't know why summer leagues in July, right? Um, so yeah, they're they're on the cusp of going to summer league. So it's it 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 all checks out that this would kind of do this. And I think now at this point, people are like, I don't know, this, this feels fishy. Yeah, you know, maybe uh, maybe it shouldn't be minus a million that it's Brandon Miller or whatever the price is now, but uh, probably will be, uh, and that's fine. Um, the f- draft for me starts at four. I literally do not care what happens with two or three. Um, I guess I care a little bit about whether Portland makes the third pick or trades the third pick because I think <clears throat> at this point, even with some of the weird reporting today of you know Portland's out of the trade market for Dame Lillard, if they do actually make that third pick for Scoot, I think that the clock has started on his departure, and it's just a matter of finding the right partner and executing it at the right I time. I was going to say we they, they said <laughs> like Dame Dame staying put and they were keeping the pick, but those things don't seem to jive all that well together where it's like, well, if you make the pick and that's who you pick, does Dame really want to be there anymore? And like, doesn't, doesn't it just kind of start that whole Dame trade cycle over again? And we've got, what is it? When's the first game? November, October, October, yeah. October 18th ish. Yeah. Yeah. Mid, mid, late. You got a lot of time to get that sort of thing done. Yeah. And that's the assuming you even bother trading before the deadline. Like maybe you literally are like, let's, Maybe if we're competitive, Dame doesn't actually like he actually wants to stay, but it probably starts the clock realistically on his departure. And uh, that'll be interesting, but I don't think it really changes. It doesn't move win equity at all, at least for the time being uh, in the uh, in the NBA futures pools. Um, The fourth pick is interesting because um, certainly there are whiffs around this that I'm in a tinfoil hat conspiracy myself. And by the way, somebody is still just happy, 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 happy. To pl- to lay massive juice on Alsar Thompson over five and a half. By the way, you see I, w- I want to hear. Up? Also, I want to hear a story about someone who like lost fifty grand in the draft because he mixed up the twins. <laughs> That's the only story. I <laughs> well, you wouldn't be playing time. over five and a half on a sorry. No, 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 no. Yeah, Although, no. what is it? What are you, because the market is saying one thing. The market's saying what about four and a half, five to one that you know they have the twins. Um, not the Minnesota Twins, the the Thompson Twins, not the band. They have them as a matchup. It's about what plus four fifty for Osair to go over it. Um, and is that yes. right? Like, is that is that pretty correct? That we're pretty confident if it just goes, you know, Wemby Miller Scoot, it's pretty much locked in at four. In my opinion, no. But it's, it's, the market seems pretty fucking sure that it's yeah Amen at four. And- and I, I, th- I think the Rockets have done a very good job of holding their cards close to the vest this, ty- this cycle. Yeah. Um, and I think that realistically, the idea of floating why that we they like Amon is that they're looking for a trade partner. I think the yeah. Rockets would love to recoup a player and trade down and take somebody else in the mix in the top in the lottery who is good. I think the Pistons that were the same way. And I think all of these teams are finding out now that the offers just aren't there to trade up and they're going to end up making these picks, which is why things are starting to solidify. But the floating of Amon being the guy that they had the most eyes for, I mean, at least from reports on the ground, because they did the workouts together, like the Rockets apparently were like love both of them. And I don't think that they even had a clear preference of Amon over Osser. And I think that you dig into the uh, tape a bit and like data, data would tell you from the G league will tell you that Osser is a, well, a lesser shooter. They're both poor shooters, but he is the lesser of the two. Um, but you look at their shots and you do, you look at enough of the breakdowns of their shots and Osser's to me, to many other people who, 
have eyes on the game would tell you that his shot is more fixable. Like it's more coachable. Like Amon's looks like naturally more fucked. Less <laughs> and, fucked up. <laughs> yes. His, like out, of, uh, out of these yes. out of these two boys, this fucked up shots. Yes. Like this guy's just less yeah. fucked up. One like one it had he despite the data saying he can't shoot, his shot is more natural. Uh so potentially more fixable. Anyway, I don't think it's a, out of the. I don't think it's, it's just completely crazy, crazy to yeah. me still. And I get it because I've seen these guys play, and they are crazy athletes. Like the 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 athleticism and just everything about besides shooting is just you know uh, obviously S tier shit. But it's crazy that these are just like not only lottery picks, but and we're out in you know top five pick shit for hey, we really have to fix this guy's shot though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, they're they're they have other skill sets that's 99 percent. well yeah <laughs> for sure that's what that i'm matter. saying it's like S-tier the stuff you can't else. teach the stuff you can't teach 99 percent though yeah. i'm fine with taking taking a shot on that especially at four um anyway the um the the general vibe i get is that it is closer to 50 50 than the market would say by a lot uh i have i have bets on osser over Amon. i have bets on osser fourth i have I but, say, I, do too. But, I hope i hope he like yeah, it would be cool. Confirmation bias that, on that. Yeah, if, if that if that's the sort of the the surprise, the shock of the top five, then I'm going to make some serious money on that. If uh, if it's not, then I still have very strong hopes that Osser goes fifth. Um, all of the mock drafts today kind of coalesced and you know came together and you know are sort of straight lining now that Osser to the Pistons is the likely fifth choice. Um, and you know again. Like if he goes outside of the top five, it's going to ruin my night, my week. No, but I'm going to be bummed. Um, I think that uh, the other kind of major liability that I'm holding that I am really confused about and really kind of sketched about is um, Whitmore. Whitmore? Is that his name? Yeah. Whitmore over. Um, There was some pretty, there was a specific flag planting by, the connected Detroit guy from the athletic that he was out of the mix for the Detroit Pistons at five. I suspect strongly he is out of the mix for the um, Rockets at four. So Whitmore over five and a half was a lovely play at plus 260, plus 250, plus 220, plus 200. And so very hopeful that he slides out of the top five. Uh, injury red flags are floating around. That doesn't seem like smoke screeny stuff to me. Um, maybe it is because apparently the Celtics love him. Apparently the Jazz love him, uh, and they're working on signing trades or trades up, and you know they're trying to co- covet him in the six, seven, eight range. But um, whatever the case is, I think the Pistons are out, and I think the uh, the Rockets are out, which means he's probably in the lower half of the top ten, and therefore uh, an overplay. Um, those markets are largely correctly priced now and uh, beaten into place, but somebody still came back today and played a bunch more like they think he's going to go fifth, and I don't see it. I don't get it. I don't know anyone that's saying that. Um, so it's very confusing, and I think it must be either someone has some sort of connected the dots that a trade is happening with the Pistons, but I the sense I got today is the Pistons have settled into we're going to make this pick, and it's going to be whichever the Twins is available. I don't hate it. If it was Amon, that'd be awesome because I got some 15 to 1 on that. <laughs> I would love, love some of that, but I don't think that's going to... I mean, maybe it happens. Osser over Amon 4-5 would be uh, would be as fun a draft as I could ever possibly imagine for this cycle. <laughs> Not in life, obviously. Um, no. But the... Uh, um, 
Amen Osser four five is also would also be just tremendously fine by me. Yeah, just just getting getting uh Osser in under under five would be cool. Under five and a half, under six would and be half, cool. Something like that would be good. Would be cool. Getting pushing Whitmore down a little bit would be cool. Um and uh and then really after that, I don't have a ton. Uh I grabbed some backstopping on um black at eight and a half. Um I went pretty juicy on that. I don't feel super bad because I'm like still stinging from laying juice in the NFL cycle. <laughs> but I think Black's I think Black's floor is eight for the Wizards. Um, yeah, and then down the board, uh, I didn't really bet anything. Anything that's available anywhere yeah. close to current prices. At least. I'm seeing. I'm seeing. I saw two or three people tweet some stuff out about like, you know, there's there's some of the domestic books have just prices for you know, to go in the first round and they, some people made some cases for some really big long shots. It's like, Hey, no, this guy, like <laughs> I looked him up. It's like, no, this guy's not making a team. Like he, he might get picked somewhere. It's like, this is a fun one for somebody to grab in the second round, but fuck, probably not on an NBA roster next year. So it's like, yeah, I, I don't know how nuts I would get with some of that. We've had fun with that with the NFL. I know some people have hit some nice shots on, you know, nothing huge, but some guys to go in the first round that are, you know, mocked between like 20 and 50 every year, you get two or three guys that slide up and you get some decent prices. But I mean, I saw people betting like 40, 50 to one to go in the first round. It's like those kind of guys just don't, don't, you know, get hyped up uh, by these NBA teams. There's too many other players to take. Yeah. I think that's realistic. Um, the uh and also i think there's an element of like at the end of the first round you're just you know you don't mind going with the consensus you don't mind doing an agent a solid <laughs> like it's a lot less a uh, uh random stuff um and a lot more um you know i don't know it's it's not it's more predictable i guess is what i'm getting yeah. at. less less uncertainty um anyway if there's if there's any, and again maybe you're listening to this on thursday but if there is anything fun that happens tomorrow try to slide it out there in the discord like hey, oh yeah for sure little little birdie yeah. says if i yeah if, if i, I get a note what, like, yeah if i get a note tonight or if something really happens materially yeah, like uh, Le- tonight, leonard miller ain't it. going past 22 guys that don't that's not it don't don't uh, i have i kind of think he might be going past 22 yeah that's, uh, that's just well, or, or uh, vice you know. versa leonard miller no chance goes before 22 so yeah you know what was uh what was these are fun... really tough too swag lord ken's asked about the senior freshman's markets there's so much variability in that like 20 through you know at the end of the first round range where it's like i don't know man those are pretty good prices i think i haven't really even tried to handicap them there's probably some edges there um i, here's, found, here's I noticed that yeah, go, go ahead. ahead no go ahead no uh, we'll get to the next uh, question here after that the gg jackson versus Rup- repair uh, market was funny because they opened it the prices backwards did you see that yeah. <laughs> that was a fun one so if somehow gg jackson goes before rayanne Rupert, uh the frenchman then i'm gonna be pretty uh pretty butthurt we'll see um do you have any exposure to the nhl draft obviously not um beyond bedard at one there's starting to be some buzz that things could get swirly with the russian kid you know what things got squirrely last year and i can remember i was at the uh, the the second Newt's location here in Rochester with the wife sitting at the 
in the bar section watching the NHL draft. And she's like, Oh, do you, you, do you like hockey now? I'm like, no, just the first, just the first four picks. I, I really want to see these teams again. I, she knows what's going on, but um, I didn't, I didn't bet a ton on this. I think it was like 50 or a hundred. They let max on these kind of props, but I lost like, Five out of six NHL props I I placed based on some people feeding me some information, but whoever got drafted fourth was like twenty two to one or something to go there. Like there was one that was like holy shit! Like everything's everything's coming up uh, us this year for drafts. Like I remember I walked away from the NHL draft up a little bit too based on uh, a place I can't really bet anymore. But I mean there were some places that hung quite a few different NHL draft prices, and I remember. Uh, some of the guys that we just talked draft betting with, they got early prices on the finish kit as well. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, I haven't they, had any, I have no liquidity whatsoever. So I'm. I went, I, uh, I Drew, Drew can attest to this too. I went hunting for draft props at, you know, there's, all right, bookmaker. Yeah. Bet online. Yeah. Like, and then you get down like Bavada and a few other places, and it's like, hey, you you can bet here. And then and then you get into the real dregs of the you know the offshore community and books I don't use a ton. But at a certain point, when it's like, all right, I'm trying to see if I can get any more down on something, or see if they have a bad price, or see if they have some props that nobody else has, I'll start opening up every last offshore I have and looking at everything. And I got to one today, and I'm like, sometimes they categorize shit in a weird spot. Sometimes it's not under NBA. Sometimes they have a separate NBA draft tab. Sometimes it's under, you know, futures. Sometimes it's under something terrible like entertainment. So I clicked on entertainment on one book today and I sent through some screenshots. I I think it's a heritage clone, but man, you can bet on Mexican celebrity big brother. Um, Like uh, (laughs) there's like a Vietnamese rap battle contest where you can i mean it's, it's, there's like 40 different reality shows that they were they were taking markets on yeah one was yeah, i gotta find this vietnam vietnam rap fiat 2023 winning mentor so it's, it's some sort of like uh mentorship rap television program i mean time magazine person of the year australia's gab hottest 100 aussie craft beer winning brewery can, you didn't ever actually tell me the answer, but what was uh, what what does the market look like for um, the the uh, let me let me read it correctly? Spotify wrapped top streamed artists. Oh, I mean, in you're right. T Swift is minus two fifty. Oh, really? What's yeah. the price on uh, Bad Bunny? Bad Bunny was second favorite at plus one seventy five. So yeah, Ooh, Spotify okay. wrapped. Okay. Um, and yeah, <clears throat> not listed. Not listed was our girl. Oh, Olivia Rodrigo's thirty to one. I had to thirty to one. Yeah, it. she's a she's a long shot to look for. She's got a new. Yeah. I think she's got a new single coming out. Yeah, she could she could be a, a she could be a last half of the year. <clears throat> As you know, Andy, it's the solstice. We still have half a year left. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, she could she could steal the show. I could see that. The Nobel Prize in Literature. Uh, who's the favorite in that market? Wait, no, let me guess. I'm just kidding. I have no idea who is the favorite in Nobel Prize of Literature. Thomas Pinchon is nominated. Really? He's alive, first off, and nobody's <laughs> actually read Gravity's Rainbow. We are getting off topic here. But uh, I, yeah, I've, I'd encourage you guys to find the weirdest thing you can bet on and, and spend 20 minutes handicapping the 
Uh, I and you know what, sports person of the year for the BBC. I've seen people betting on that for years. That's not actually an odd one at all. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a Do you have a guess on who that's going to be? Here, gonna here's be... one too. This is this might be the most fucked up one outside of the fact that my bookie used to have um, matchups for deaths, and it okay. would be yeah, it would be like, and they do it like in a fucked up way where it was like Cosby versus somebody else who was like old and in Death trouble for matchups? sex crimes. Yeah, it's like, which one of these guys will die first? I'm like, I'm not betting on that. <laughs> I'm not betting on that. Terrible, but uh, here's one is, who will be the final person to appear in the 2024 Academy Awards Memorial? Sequence? Ooh, the hammer. Ooh. Um, so you're projecting somebody to die between now and then. No, I, I mean, that. I think it's all people who have passed already, like Jerry Springer's listed. Uh, yeah, no, no, but they're, they're not going to Oscars. Yeah, but in nine months, that's the thing. I don't know if they take requests or whatever. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of fucked up stuff in the, the internet, okay. guys. Okay. This, uh, is this where we're ending? We can't. I guess so. This. We got to talk. <laughs> um, I don't have a pick for New Zealand Taskmaster season four winner. Um, Seacrest uh, Wheel of Fortune host. That actually checks out, Dan. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, all right. The um I guess a fun uh fun way to end this. Uh the I'm trying to I'm just clicking through the stuff that I bet to see if there's anything especially cool or interesting. Um uh, Sweden kind of Sweden has a Brigitte Nielsen prize. Is that the is that Drago's wife in Rocky Four? Yeah. Sure. Oh, she was a soprano. She was a singer. Never mind. This is oh, a whole the Danish, thing. No, the Danish accent. Actress Brigitte Nielsen? I was thinking of a whole different person. Goodness God. The one yeah, that was I, married, I, not, not the one that was married to Sylvester Stallone. No. Okay. I do have a uh I do have a James Bond <laughs> ticket on. Uh, oh God, who's at Oppenheimer there? Cillian Murphy, yeah. Cillian Murphy from ni- 2019. <laughs> still open? Still, still pending. So uh, maybe the Oppenheimer role is what finally drives him to success. Or pitching for the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm, okay. Well, uh, if you want to sweat out some K-props with me, those are the only things live in my account that I, we haven't talked about yet that are available to bet tonight. I bet uh, Shohei Otani under seven and a half i got that at plus money uh and i bet some you darvish under five and a half at plus money as well so uh hopefully i didn't get a bust in my batter's faced projection for those players um but it looks like it's going to be a winning day for me regardless so uh this is going to be gravy yeah all right let's go uh dodgers don't strike out it is funny, by the way, watching the game through Put the lens balls of a K-prop. Put some balls in play, guys. Watching the game through the lens of a K-prop is uh, it's a weird experience. So what is literally what is, like cheering for you're cheering for contact outs? Yeah, what is uh, <laughs> Kevin Costner's line in uh, in Bull Durham? He says it. He's like, uh, "Strikeout, no, strikeouts aren't." Uh, God damn it! Do you need me to vamp while you look it up? Yeah, I'm looking this up. He says it's like it's not democratic or something like that. Strikeouts are fascist. Strikeouts are fascist. Yeah, that's true. I do. Yeah, they hit the over on the very last batter when they've been like just laboring 
for oh, like yeah. an inning and a half, and they leave <laughs> him in for like six batters longer than you would have ever left him in because you're clearly not biased with that mm-hmm. bat. And it's like, and then the last guy just falls off two absolute meatballs that should have gone over the fence <laughs> and then you know and swings at something horrible for the third strike. That's that how happens. That happened to me today, but the other way around. Uh, I had Rich Hill under four and a half. I projected him for four. Uh, he had faced 20-something batters. He had four strikeouts. And he uh, he plunked my buddy, um, Trey Mancini, put him oh. on base. Uh, he gave up a, a big old double to Hap. And I was like, okay, pull him, hook him, get him the hell out of there. But no, Gomes, the catcher, comes up to the plate. He had already struck out twice in the game to Rich Hill. Rich Hill is, but keep in mind, Rich Hill is throwing 74 mile, 74 mile an hour cheese. He's throwing straight cheese. Um, He's older than us. Gomes had already struck out twice. And uh, Dick Mountain uh, throws an 11 pitch out to him and ultimately... Um, he walked <laughs> there was there were he and he he's all over the place outside the zone not even close it's just 80s 70s just all 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 the cheese in the world and uh gomes couldn't get his bat on it other than they hit foul balls uh, and uh yeah full count he walked uh after fouling off five pitches in an 11 pitch out an 11 pitch at bat and uh ultimately uh Rochelle got pulled after that and uh, the next guy struck out so it all worked out well that was fun. I like anyway, it. So wrap it up. Good luck to you. Good luck to everyone. And yeah, we'll be next week. NFL guys right into yep. it. All right. Best luck. See ya. I need to memorize that fascist speech. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to watch Bull Durham now, man. There oh, are so many good quotes in that one. Oh, and sometimes you win. Sometimes you lose. Sometimes, sometimes it rains. rains. Yeah. Sometimes it rains. I like it when Incredible. you don't scare them.